We're in this series, uh, MySpace, and we've been looking at major themes in the book of Proverbs. Uh, We've talked about my life, uh, my work. Last week we talked about my finances. Today I want to talk about my friends. I uh, think friendship, it's one of those things that's it's tough. It's tough to sit and see how things unfold sometimes. You know, friends are important. They're important in our lives, in my space. And um, it, it's strange, but we live in a, a world and in a society where loneliness is kind of rampant. In fact, it's the number one emotional problem in our society is loneliness. And I don't think anybody really sets out to live life without friends. In fact, I would suggest most of us want friends. We, we desire to have friends. And we all need friends in our lives. It's part of God's design. It's part of God's design for your life and mine is that we have friends and we have close friends. You know, when God created the world, he put Adam in this perfect environment And then he looked and said, it's not good for man to be alone. You know, and so many times we tie that to marriage, but it's much bigger than that. It's that connection. You know, loneliness is a problem. You read through the Bible, especially the Old Testament, you've got Jonathan and David. They were friends. Jesus and the disciples were friends. Paul and Barnabas, friends. It was friendship through and through. And I hope, as I've been talking, or maybe as you watch the the drama, I hope names and faces were flashing. You're going, my friends. Those are my friends. My friends. Who are they? You know, Proverbs 27, verse 19 says, a mirror reflects a person's face, but what they are really like is shown by the friends they choose. Now, the key word there is choose because we get to choose. You know, friendship isn't an accident. It isn't something that just happens. The fact is we get to choose. Sometimes we make good choices. And sometimes we make bad choices. Now, have you ever, you ever seen someone waste their life because of the wrong friends? I was watching uh, the Biography Channel a while back, and they had uh, Don Johnson. Do you remember Don Johnson? Those of you older, younger ones are going, who? You know, but Miami Vice, Nash Bridges. And he was talking about in his life in the 70s, his life was a mess. He went on a 10-year binge where he was dealing with cocaine and alcohol, living life on the, on the very edge he said in 1983, he made a change. He joined AA. He, he started new. And it was interesting because they asked him, they said, do you have any regrets? And his inter- it was interesting to hear his answer because he said, I regret wasting a lot of time with a bunch of people that I wish I hadn't spent 10 minutes with, let alone 10 years. I thought, wow. I mean perspective on friendships you know god has a lot to say about friendship and god does care about the kind of friends that we have and he wants us to have positive relationships with with people and to to build those those tight close good friends 
And so one of the ways to have a good friend is to be a good friend. That sounds pretty simple, doesn't it? I mean, the type of friend that I am is the type of friend that I will attract. You know, the book of Proverbs is going to kind of help us with this area to kind of define my space when it comes to my friends. And just a little side note, I think some of the things we're going to talk about, although I'm specifically talking about friendship, I think it applies to, to marriage as well. You can put this stuff, stuff to work there. But one of the things is being committed. Being committed. You know, Proverbs 18, verse 24, it says, Some people play at friendship. Having many friends. Now think about that for a minute. Having many friends. I mean, is it wrong to have a lot of friends? No. The, the point that... I think uh, Solomon's trying to make is that we should look at the quality of our friendships, not the quantity, the amount of them. I mean, you can have a bunch of friends, a bunch of people around you, and, and not be committed to anyone. And in fact, I would suggest sometimes that's what trips us up. There, there are all these levels of friendship, and I think sometimes we get them mixed up. I mean, they're acquaintances. Those are the people that... Maybe you send a Christmas card to, or if you happen to see them in the store, you'll stop and have a conversation. You know, when you run into them, it just happened to, you'll, you'll talk. And then there are companions, uh, people that maybe you work with, uh, maybe you recreate, uh, talk to at the gym. And then there are genuine, close friends that, that you have a major relationship with, that there's a, a significant level of connection and so sometimes I think we get confused because the fact is we can be very popular and not have any close friends. In fact, I see that a lot in our society today. In fact, I think sometimes our social life, and because we're, we're out there and we're connect, trying to connect with all these people, that we end up not really having serious relationships. We're so busy juggling all of our friends, so to speak, that we kind of stay on a superficial level when it comes to friendship, uh, where that's, I guess, where commitment needs to kick in. It's not a casual acquaintance. The people that you hang with and you spend time with, you begin to, to connect with, that they stay with you, that there's that, that bond. You know, Scripture goes on, it says, but other friendships are more loyal than a brother or sister. I mean, Loyalty, it's about commitment to one another. It's interesting, if you read through the Old Testament, there was actually covenants of friendships. People would take a covenant, you know, much like those of you that have joined Faith Fellowship, you, you took a covenant. Well, they would have a covenant for their friends. And so like Joseph and David and Jacob, they all had covenants with their friends. And it was kind of in, in blood type thing. It's like we are making a connection. We're committed to you, and you're committed to me. And, and that's kind of the question I want to ask. How many committed friends do you have? You go, we'd die for each other. In fact, more important, ask this question. Who are you committed to? Who knows that you're committed to them, that you will stand by them no matter what? Because I think that's a key question that we have to ask when we're in my space. My friends, is who am I committed to? You don't need a lot of friends. 
but you need a few friends. You need some good ones in my space. I need that. I need people that are considerate. I mean, it sounds elementary, doesn't it? You know, considerate? Well, what's that that mean? Proverbs say kindness makes a person attractive. How many of you would like to be attractive? In fact, turn to your neighbor and say, I think you're attractive. Some of the singles are going, man, I wish I'd have sat by her today. Yeah. Yeah. You ever think about that? It's consideration. It's kindness. It's encouragement that makes someone attractive. If you want to know who your friends are in life, make a mistake and see what happens. That's a good barometer. You know, a friend wouldn't step up and go, you know what, I told you so, and inside be like cheering because you failed, or, you know, how could you be so dumb and then abandon you? I mean, now, a friend will hold you accountable. You know, I've got up in friends' faces, and they've got in mine and said things like, are you crazy? Have you lost your mind? But there's love there. There's connection. They, they forgive. They encourage. They love you anyway, despite it. You know, real friends don't kick you when you're down. They're kind. They're considered and encouraging. Proverbs says, love forgets mistakes. But nagging on them parts the best of friends. See, I believe friends are really good at forgetting. They're, they're not blind. Okay, don't misunderstand me here. They're not blind. They see the flaws. They may even help point them out. But they are willing to forget them. You know, they, they're willing to forgive when, when you fail. Friends are committed. They're, they're considerate. You know, they, they do what's necessary. And if you want a friend that's considerate, you ready? Learn to be considerate. See, I believe there's a connection there. When I learn to be considerate of others, people are considerate, and it kind of feeds each other. Now, I've talked about this one before. It's imperative, confidentiality. I have seen more friendships in the years I've been in ministry that have been destroyed on this front because someone couldn't keep their trap shut. I just call it like I see it. I mean, it's a, it's a sad deal. Proverbs eleven thirteen says a gossip betrays a secret. But a trustworthy person won't violate a confidence. I, I mean, I seriously can't begin to tell you the number of friendships, marriages that I've seen blown apart because someone violated a confidence, a trust. You know, they, they knew something and they just had to get it out there. In fact, if you show me someone that's a gossip, I'll show you someone that's very lonely. I'll show you someone that rarely has friends. I'll show you someone that if you look at their past, you will find it littered with broken relationships. Something very troubling uh, in our society. Have you noticed all the kiss and tell books that are, that are coming out? I mean, they make, the, they make the top of the list. It's almost vogue to cough up and tell what you know about someone that you are close to. That's kind of like the three pastors went on a ski trip. One evening, they're sitting around, and they were talking. And so 
Finally, one of them says, why don't, why don't we share our, our favorite sin, you know, the one that we struggle with the most? And so he said, I'll start. He goes, you know, I, I've got a problem with, with greed. He goes, I think about money a lot. I want things. And the next guy said, well, my problem's lust. You know, I just can't keep my eyes off other women. One pastor kind of sat back. He goes, my problem's gossip, and I can't wait to get back and tell everybody what I know, <laughs> you know. A friend is somebody that can listen, that can know something without having to have a burning desire to go out and just broadcast it and tell everyone what they know. You know, my question is, are you, are you trustworthy? Because friends are. Friends are candid. Friends are candid. They're open. They're honest. They're frank. A true friend will level with you, will, will tell you the truth even when it's painful And this is important, I think, because it affects my space. Because get this, believe it or not, we all have blind spots. We all have weaknesses, things that that trip us up. And we need a few people, not a lot of people, but we need a few people in our lives that will step up and say, you know what, you're blowing it. You're messing up. You know, people that, that can step in and get in our face, so to speak. I mean, I couldn't even begin to tell you the number of mistakes that I've avoided because a buddy stepped in, weighed in, pushed me, challenged me. And I'll be honest, at the time, not always thrilled that they did it. But hindsight, as I look back, I've realized they've kept me out of some jams, that they loved me enough to speak up when it wasn't easy. You know, Proverbs 27, 5, it says, better is open rebuke than hidden love. Wounds from a friend can be trusted. You need to know, most people never move to the level of honesty in relationships. We keep it superficial. And and I find that very tragic and and sad. I, I think it's one of the main reasons that people do not develop as a person. They, they don't grow spiritually because they don't have anyone challenging them, anyone that's honest and, and will challenge them in their lives. You know, step up and say, you know what, I care enough about you to let you know you're blowing it. You are messing up. You are on the wrong track. You are going to get burned if you keep going. And my question, do you have anybody like that in your life? Do you have anybody that you've given the freedom? You know, sometimes you just need to say it to to someone close to you. Say, I give you the freedom to challenge me, to get in my grill, to put me in check or whatever it is. Anytime you want, you can do it. And I'll love you anyway. And I want you to love me. Proverbs 24, 26, it says, an honest answer is a sign of true friendship. Friends are candid. You know, I've, I've got a, a close friend that we have been through storms and struggles and problems, uh, the challenges of life for many, many years now. And there have been times I've helped him. There's been times he's helped me. And not long ago, he was kind of in a stormy period of his life, and he's trying to navigate some really rough waters. And um, so I had been talking to him about 
kind of what I saw and my perspective. And I sent him an email, and I'm pretty systematic when, when I put something together. And I just said, here's what I see, and here's what I would do if I was you. And I kind of laid it out. And I got an email just a couple days ago from him, and he wrote this. He wrote, thanks. Could you be more honest? Ouch. Then he put a sad face. And then he goes, thanks for your friendship, smiley face. And friends, that note said everything. That says something about friendship at a significant level. You know, being able to share with one another. You know, do you have someone who's committed to you, who's considered of your feelings, who's confidential, who's candid? Do you have someone like that? Just a couple things about being candid. Sometimes we've mistaken it for just being flat-out rude. And there's a difference. Things that are helpful when it, it, you're talking about being candid is publicly praise but if you've got to challenge someone, don't do it in front of a bunch of other people. You know, it's kind of like uh, when you deal with your kids. Say, anything positive, do publicly. But otherwise, privately challenge that person. You know, help them get through it. Timing's everything here. And don't hit them when they're really, really down. Does this make sense? You know, they, there's a time and a place. You, you've got to find that point where they're up enough that they can handle the challenge, can handle you saying, you know, I think there's some things that need to shift here. And this is key, and I, I say this often, never challenge a person or correct a person or step in and say, you know, I think this is messed up, unless... You have proven that you're open to that yourself. You ever notice some people are really good at giving advice, but they never want to take advice? You know, it's like, whoa, don't, don't be talking to me that way. You know, you have to realize that you have blind spots in your life, that you have to show that you're really willing to take advice in, in your life. You know, once in a while I'll have someone catch me after a service and They'll, they'll kind of unfold a story and they'll go, you know, I've got a friend and they're kind of spinning out and blah, 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 blah. They tell me the situation. And there'll come a point where they'll go, what should I do? And I will always say, I think you need to go talk to them about it. And it is amazing to me how many times as we're, we're talking and I'll say, you ought to talk to them about it. They'll go, oh, I can't do that. Might mess our friendship up. We're too good of friends. We, I can't go there. And, and I want to go, what? Really? I mean, if, if you can't do that, I want to suggest you're not really that close of friends. Because friends have the ability to be candid. I mean, you can either have a lot of acquaintances in your life or you can foster a few friendships where you're able to go deep, where you're able to have those kind of challenges. And just a little heads up, and it's something I've figured out about our society, a lot of people really don't want to be accountable to someone. And we wonder why friendships are so shallow, why they don't exist. You know, I talk to older generations sometimes and... I realize that it's one of the things missing 
in our society is those close friends. Close friends are constructive. In other words, they build up. Uh, as iron sharpens iron, friends shape friends. Some versions say sharpen friends. But shape, shape's a, a better definition there because friends shape friends. Most of the time, I, I think we're unaware of how much influence we have on the people around us. I mean, you have tremendous influence, whether you realize it or not, to shape every single person that you come in contact with and vice versa. You know, they affect your life. They shape who you are. And the fact is you're either building and lifting people up or you're tearing people down. You're either healing people or you're hurting people or you're encouraging people or you're discouraging them. And it's true with every single relationship in your life, whether it's with your spouse or your children or the people you work with or the people that you hang out with. Good friends, hear this, good friends are constructive. They encourage, they lift up, they build up, they don't tear down. Here's what should be the case is I should be a better person because I have so-and-so in my life. They help me be a better me. They help me grow. You know, I'm shaping my friends, they're shaping me. That's an incredible Incredible responsibility. I think that's why the Bible says it's so important that you pay attention to the kind of friends you choose. Do you know 16 times in the book of Proverbs, it says, don't hang out with this type of person, and it'll tell you what the type of person is. There's 16 times, it's like, don't hang out with a gossip in in chapter 20, with someone short-tempered in chapter 22, with someone that's given to to drinking or gluttony, you know, someone that's defiant, stay away, someone that's a liar, untrustworthy, that's inconsiderate, you know, given to violence. It says, "Don't, don't hang with them. In fact, this would be good homework. How many of you have been reading Proverbs? Let me see, hands. Good homework assignment. Find the 16 types. In fact, parents, great study with your kids, a great conversation piece. Sit down and find those 16 and, and take one an evening and just talk to your kids about why you don't hang around someone that's defiant. Be surprised where that conversation might take you. It's a good way to teach. You know, friends shape friends. It's always easier for someone to pull you down than it is for you to pull them up. Always easier. Always easier. Real friends are, are constructive. They, they build each other up. They raise each other up. They help build self-esteem. Like what Emerson, the poet, he says, a real friend makes us do what we can do. You know, I've noticed something through the years when, when I get kind of rocked or I'm struggling in, in my life and things are tough, after I talk to my close friends, I, I've realized that when I get off the phone with them, they have a way of helping me refocus, helping me get a, a different perspective. They, they, they help ask some of the tough questions that sometimes I, I want to avoid. And most of all, it is rare that I would get off the phone that they haven't encouraged me some way. And what I found is it kind of ignites a fire in me. It gets me moving forward again because of their words. 
And the fact is, encouragement at the right time makes all the difference in the world. It helps as you're moving through life. Real friends help you be a better person. You know, one of the tests of friendship, and I've shared this before, is if you want to figure out how close you really are, see what happens when your friend has successes in their life. You know, when they get to do something that you don't get to do, or they get to purchase something you can't afford, or they get a promotion or a raise, and it's sad to say, but I have watched more friendships destroyed because someone got a promotion. I mean, it's just sad. It's like, what's that about? I mean, do you get jealous when, you're, when your friends get, get something? Are you secretly in a competition with them? Because that's not really friendship. Real friends cheer for one another. They, they, they celebrate. They, they, talk, uh, they talk about being in your corner and, and being supportive. You know, in other words, you could sit and talk about your wins and your victories with them, and they're not going to go, well, he's really full of himself, isn't he? They're going to listen because they're happy for you. I mean, something that, that I think is really key in relationships it is learning to be enthusiastic about what's going on in someone else's life, being willing to, to cheer for them and to be a fan club, to, to let them know that, that you're in their corner cheering. I mean, the, the world's full of discouragement. Have you figured that out? You know, the, the world isn't cheering for your successes. But here's what I've learned. If you cheer for people's successes... If you encourage them as they're moving forward, you will have people lining up to be your friend. And friends are consistent. They're consistent. Inconsistency destroys friendships. You ever had a relationship where you're like, I don't know, is it Dr. Jekyll or Mr. Hyde that's showing up today? It'll mess you up, won't it? You just find yourself backing away. Proverbs 17, 17 says... A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. Did you catch that? Loves at all times. A friend can be counted on. They're dependable. They're in your corner when when you get cornered. They always are standing by you. A friend will see you through when other people think you are through. And they walk in the door when everybody else is walking out. You know, friends stand with friends. They are consistent at all times. In other words, you know you could pick the phone up in the middle of the night and give them a call, and they'd be there, even when it's inconvenient, even when you don't deserve it, even when it comes with a great personal cost, you know that they would be there. I think one of the main reasons we don't have those kind of friendships these days is we're too busy. We're just too busy to have friends. We're too busy to develop those close relationships. And I want to tell you something. If that's true in your life, you are outside of God's will. I mean, you may be thinking right now, well, I don't have time. See, I told you that meistic mentality will get you. It'll bite you. But the fact is, it takes time to develop. And if you do not develop close friendships, you're outside of God's will. Do you hear that? You're outside of God's will. 
God designed us for friendships. God wants you to have friendships in your life. God wants you to have people that will build you up, that will help you grow relationally and vocationally and spiritually in your life. You know, God wants you to be consistent. And again, the type of friend you are, hear this, the type of friend you are is the type of friends you attract. Because I know how this goes. We want friends that are like this, but then we want to be something else ourselves. It's like, well, I, I can't be that committed, but I want people committed to me. My space, that's what's important. What you sow in life is what you will reap in life. So real quick, just kind of rate yourself. I mean, don't raise hands or anything, but, you know, are you committed to a few people in your life? Do they know it? You know, have you went to them and said, look, I am standing by you no matter what. I will always be here. I want you to know that. You know, are you, are you considerate? You know, are you confidential? Are you trustworthy? Are you candid? You know, do you have the kind of relationship where you can say, you know what, I think you're blown. I think you're going down the wrong road. And the flip side of that, do you have someone that can challenge you? You've given them permission that when you get off base, they can step in. Do you, do you have someone like that? And are you constructive? I mean, do you build people up around you? Do you encourage people? You know, are, are you a better person because of the friends you have? And are they better people because they have you as a friend? You know, are you consistent? Are you loyal? Can you be counted on? Now, I was thinking about, you know, Jesus really has all those characteristics. You know, Jesus treats you and me like, like a friend. He was committed to us. I mean, so much so he was willing to go to the cross and die for us. Jesus is very considerate. I think about the forgiveness. No matter what I do, I mean, the world may turn on me, but Jesus is always there. He's always met me. Those times when you go in disgrace or pain, Always there. He understands what's going on. Confidential. There's something very freeing about just being able to go, okay, God, here's who I am. Here's all my deep secrets. You know them anyway. And it's interesting. The Holy Spirit's very candid. You ever have that happen where the Holy Spirit starts pressing on you and it presses you and you know you're out in left field. You know you're messing up. And that spirit just keeps pressing. And something interesting, because it's truth. And truth sets you free, ultimately. My whole Christian life, the thing that just strikes me is God wants the best for me. That, that It's a very constructive relationship where God pushes me to be a better me. That God has a way of encouraging me when, I, when I'm discouraged, gives me hope when things seem hopeless. And he's consistent. I love when Jesus said, Lo, I'm with you always. I will never leave you or forsake you. It's always by our side. You know, the Bible says in the book of Timothy that Jesus is faithful even when we're unfaithful. What a friend. How many of you remember the song, what a friend we have in Jesus. Remember that? I used to love that song as a kid. Still warms my heart. 
What a friend. Think about that. What a friend we have in Jesus. You know, Romans 5, verse, uh, verse 11 says, Now we can rejoice in our wonderful relationship with God, all because of what our Lord Jesus Christ has done in dying for our sins. Read with me. Making us friends with God. I bet for some of you that's a brand new thought. Jesus, God, God's my friend? I mean, I thought I was supposed to be afraid of God. I I thought I was supposed to kind of, you know, uh uh-oh, it's God. This is friend of God. I mean, because of what Jesus did, I can be a friend with God. I think that's one of the most incredible verses in, in the entire Bible. God wants to be my friend. He wants to be your friend. That's what Christianity is about. It's not about religion. It's about this, relationship. You know, how do you make God your friend? Well, I think you get really close to Jesus. You know, you take, take a step, and as you get to know Jesus, you make him your savior and stuff. And I, if you haven't done that, if you haven't taken that step, I'd love to talk to you because it's a, it's a huge step in your life, but it makes all the difference in the world. Most of you have taken that step. And here's what I want to do real quick, give you some practical things you can do. Because I, I know what happens. We all go, yeah, I need to have more friends. i uh, really work on it. And then you're going to go out the door, and that's it. No, no action. Get in a small group is one of the things you can do. Get in a small group. If you're not in a small group, I don't care if it's a study group, a recreation group in the church, serving, it doesn't matter. But get in a small group so that you can get to know a few people, so that you can get connected to a few people. Because what happens is you get connected to a group of 10 or 12 people, there's going to be a couple people you gravitate toward that you can get close to. Look around you for a minute. Just look around you. You can't get close to everybody here. It's not going to happen. In fact, I'll bet you you're, you're looking around and you don't even know everybody. And that's okay. But in a small group, you can connect. You can get to know someone. Make that connection. Take that step. It's huge. I, I can't tell you how many friendships I have watched start and grow because they took a step and started serving with, with someone. You know, the other night we had our uh, uh, volunteer appreciation evening and we had dinner. And what was interesting is I saw different people afterwards that were, there were families heading off together, spending a little more time together because of relationships. Find a place and get connected. Another step you could do is invite someone to to lunch or dinner. You know, pick up the phone. You know, invite another family over to meet with your family for an evening. You know, cook dinner, you know, get popcorn, you know, play games. I don't, it doesn't matter, but find a way to connect. You know, catch coffee with someone. Just take a small step toward that kind of fellowship. Get to know a few people. Get strategic in your life. Develop close friends. And here's the most important thing, I think. Introduce your friends to Jesus Christ. Introduce your friends to Jesus Christ. Most people come to this church 
when they come through the door the first time, I'll, I'll usually ask them, I'll say, well, how would you find out about us? And most of the time they'll say, well, because so-and-so invited me, and it's someone that, that goes to church here. And, and the fact is, we all have friends, or we should have friends, that are not part of a church, that maybe they put God on the sidelines. And, and I know, as I'm saying this, some of you are going, well... Now look, I've got some good friends. I do not talk to my good friends about God and about Jesus. I'm just not, you know, we're too good of friends. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna mess it up. Really, really? Is that really how you feel? I mean, it, if I had a cure for cancer, friends, I would get out on the street. I would yell it. I would take out ads on, on, and get on the radio and TV and say, I have a cure for cancer, and I believe we have something much greater than that, something that impacts eternity. See, when you introduce someone to Jesus Christ, you have a friend for life. You have a friend for life. But here, think about this. You introduce someone to Jesus Christ that's your friend, and you go, they're friends for life. You make them a friend for eternity. Now think about that a little bit. Perspective. My friends, my friends, they're my friends. My friends are part of God's plan. My friends impact my space in a huge, huge, significant way. Let's stand together for a word of prayer. Our holy God, we praise you. We thank you. God, we thank you for friends. Friends that pick us up when we've fallen down. Friends that are there to encourage and to love us when we fail. And God, I pray that you'd instill in all of our hearts a deep desire to be the best friend we can be. God, help us to understand the importance of friendships. God, I thank you for the friends I've had through the years that saw me through good days and through the bad days. They were there to get in my face when I needed it, to just put their arms around me when I just needed someone to love me. God, I pray that every single person here, that if they don't have a friend right now that's that close, that you'd pull a brother or sister alongside them, that they would open up their life and take a step. God, we thank you for your great design. And we give you the glory. And we give you the praise this day and every day. Amen.